Hello and welcome to the second episode of In Conversation with PNG Beauty, a mini-series discussing global issues impacting the beauty industry today. The ongoing COVID-19 pandemic has done much to widen the gender equality gap across society and the workplace. But as economies start to tentatively open up and the dust begins to settle, what roles could the beauty industry play in supporting and accelerating gender equality? To help me answer these questions and more, it is my pleasure to introduce this month's panel. Hello to Anita Marsh, VP Global Sustainability, Citizenship and Brand Communications at PG Beauty. Hello also to Yojin Chan, Senior Brand Director at SK2 Global, and a warm welcome to Kin Azarelli, CEO and co-founder of Seneca Women. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for Thanks having so much us. for having us. Anitra, let's start with you. What in 2021 are the key social drivers propelling the need for beauty companies to address gender equality? Well, there is no question in my mind that media and marketing play a critical role, right, in reinforcing gender norms and importantly getting us to a state of equality. Uh, today, I, you know, I don't believe that women are represented in the ways that show the breadth of our contribution, but also men. You know, men are not always portrayed in the ways that show the breadth of their contribution, particularly in home environments, and neither is acceptable. So, you know, these stories and images, they shape perceptions, they matter, and we need more accurate portrayals of women and girls, as well as boys, right, and men, um, you know, across the entire intersectional uh, spectrum. So, you know, the great news is that through advertising, we do have the power to change those perceptions. And I work for a company, PNG, that's in, you know, <laughs> billions of, of households, right? So with that power, we have a responsibility and we're using our power to take a stand and promote gender equality and racial and ethnic equality. Uh, an example of this is um, one of our skincare brands, Olay, has recently announced an initiative to double the number of women in uh, science, technology, engineering, and math careers. We call that STEM and then triple the number of multicultural women in STEM. And that's, you know, most people aren't even aware that there is a gender gap in STEM in nearly every economically developed country. And, and we shouldn't really be surprised by that because when you search scientists or mathematicians and, you know, digital search mediums, you know, what images do you see? Uh, and actually, I do know the answer to that question. It's very few women, right? And virtually no people of color, despite the many contributions that we've made. And so we're trying to change that, right? We, we publicly declared this um, a little less than a year ago. And, and to see the response from women, and especially girls, has, for me, it's really been a highlight of my career. And how do the social drivers impact marketing and communication and product innovation at SK2, Yojin? Yes, um, at SK2, a prestige skincare brand with PNG, we talk to women across the world. And there is always social pressure that drives a specific timeline to do things in life. Um, as a woman, there are set and unsaid expectations. And for example, China, one of our key markets, one of our key countries that we work with, if you're not married by a particular age, you tick the box being a leftover. And this is not just China, in other countries too. I've heard labels like the Christmas cake or party is over. And these labels create societal pressures that most women internalize as norms to follow and therefore let go of their career ambitions and dreams. 
Instead, prioritization goes to marriage or having children. Sometimes it's not what they themselves want to do, but see it as that's what's expected of them. I personally have seen many women letting go of their career after their first child. At the same time, we see many other pressures that women are facing. Uh, they come in all different forms uh, from trolling, uh, image obsession, limitations in diverse um, categories, and stereotypes to name a few. And that's why at SK2, our core purpose is change destiny. And we believe in inspiring women to really overcome these pressures placed on them mm -hmm. and be it skin or life, and to really take destiny into their own hands. And we've been committed to this cause for seven years now. And talking of norms, Kim, what is the impact on the cultural debate? Well, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And I want to just echo what Anitra and Yojin said about social pressures. You know, if you can see it, you can be it. That's one of my favorite expressions. Um, and beauty shapes how we think about ourselves, how we think about our roles. And this power, as Anitra so articulately mentioned, of advertising, we live in a media storm. And so myths become reality. And so the beauty industry has this real opportunity. And I think P&G is, you know, one of the leaders clearly in this to really change the way we think about ourselves and, 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 and the world around us. I mean, one great example is Like a Girl, changing what Like a Girl means. That campaign that P&G did changed the perception of what Like a Girl means to being something negative to being something positive. Or what Yojin just said about the marriage market takeover, that their their campaign to change the perception of what it means not to be married, um, you know, these are these are real uh, real perceptions that affect all of us. And I think um, the more conscious we become of what's going on outside us outside of us, it also helps us think about what's going on inside of us, and it changes. It does change our destiny. I mean, that's that's uh, how myth can become reality. And so the power that the beauty industry has to shape this dialogue to shape what we see, how we think about ourselves, how we act in the world is enormous. I mean, it is, and it's growing day by day. I mean, we literally, I would say we literally live in media. Um, and so to see companies taking a stand and trying to be intentional with that power is, is really, I think, uh, the name of the game here. And so, you know, I think the beauty industry has a big opportunity. And to come back to your sort of earlier question, which is coming out of COVID, the role that, that you know, what we've seen happen uh, in COVID with women. And I know, I hope we'll get into that a little bit more, but we have a chance to kind of reset right now. And it's a limited opportunity. There's a window here. Um, and the beauty industry, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really inspired actually. And, I, and I've been in this for a very long time in this area of gender equality, working in this. And I've never seen such intentionality around these issues as I have in the last few years. And I, I do think you can take a lot of it back to that Like a Girl campaign um, that P&G launched three or four years ago. And, and you can see that a lot of advertisers are taking their responsibilities very, very seriously. So we're living in a media storm, Anitra. How in 2021 is digital technology transforming the debate? <laughs> you know, digital technology is another form of media, right? And, and, and like any form of media, it can be a blessing or a curse, right? Uh, for me, I believe it's more of a blessing. I think the reach of di digital technology is just far beyond any other platform. But now we have it at our fingertips some level of information, right? And hopefully that information is, is valid and credible. Um, beyond this, uh, digital platforms have enabled a greater level of exposure and conversation on some of these issues. And there's always a balance, right, with this, right? Because some of that candor has not always been productive, right? But, but it does spotlight the issue. 
like any media tool, digital media has to be used responsibly. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation lately about bias in algorithms and, you know, amplification of misinformation. And these are important topics that, that need to be addressed, um, especially if we want to achieve the, the, the mission of promoting gender equality. And how does digital technology impact societal pressures in Asia, Yojin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think digital technology has impacted um, in both ways. I see two sides to this. Um, firstly, digital technology, as Anitra has just shared, in the form of social media, has really enabled conversations that are sometimes difficult to address otherwise. Um, through the years, social media has helped women share their point of views much more freely on societal pressures. However, on the other hand, uh, gender gaps in technology is still a problem today. And we have seen um, female entrepreneurs disproportionately impacted by the pandemic, uh, given the pronounced digital gender gap in our increasingly virtual world. And so that is why at SK2, we've recently launched the Change Destiny Fund in support of women pursuing their destiny and to really help them get back on their feet, helping them through challenges like equipping them with more skills to navigate the digital world. For our podcast, the best form of communication, Kim? That seems it could be a loaded question, but um, but yes, I think podcasting is a really important um, part of digital transformation. And and the reason why, uh, you know, there's so much to talk about when we talk about digital acceleration, particularly in this last 12 to 15 months that we've seen, but what we found in terms of audio, uh, you know, a few years ago, we were working with Apple on their Apple eCamp, which is a, an entrepreneurship camp for women entrepreneurs. And we've sort of fell in love with the possibility of audio there because for many, many years, we've been working to make sure that women's voices are heard. But with podcasting, there's a democratization of what might be possible there. And so we launched um, about a year ago a little over a year ago now, actually, the Seneca Women Podcast Network with support from P&G um, and then in partnership with iHeartRadio because we wanted to sort of make sure that women's voices were being heard in this sort of fast-growing media business. And, you know, it was interesting because 50% of podcast listeners are women, but only 20% of top shows are hosted by women. And we thought, wow, this medium can't go the same way as every other medium throughout history. Um, and so we launched this network and it's been it's been a huge eye-opener to see how fast with digital media we can make sure that women's voices are heard. But again, you know, uh, the just the acceleration of digital and um, f- actually like the discovery of women's voices is not so easy. And so there's just so much out there. And I am talking about women entrepreneurs, as Yojin was saying, it's the same issue for women entrepreneurs who are really struggling as we move into this digital economy, because it's really hard to be heard and it's hard to get seen and to grow your business or to have your business survive um, in these COVID times is, is not small. And coming out on the other side of this, we also agree hundred percent that women entrepreneurs need to be supported. And so, you know, part of our commitment, um, in addition to the Seneca Women Podcast Network, which is to make sure women's voices are heard, is to make sure women's businesses get seen. And so we've actually just recently announced a new credit card that would allow you to get rewarded, that it allows consumers to be rewarded when they shop from women-owned businesses. And so incentivizing people to use their purchasing power to shop from women-owned businesses and create a large marketplace um, where you can find those businesses is really important. So we're both telling their stories, hearing their voices, and then making sure we shop their businesses, um, you know, is really part of our our solution. But I have never felt more um, in some ways inspired, but in other ways, uh, you know, it's, 
it's a little daunting to think that if we don't step in in this exact moment, and I don't mean in a year from now, I mean now, literally, to step in and be super intentional about the way women participate and the tools that women have access to for digital, we will be left behind. And and I know there's pretty uh, stunning reports coming out about women's participation in the economy. And and if we don't equip ourselves and we don't uh, pave the way, and I, I think what Anitra said earlier about STEM and girls in STEM and women in STEM, the way we've portrayed technology careers has always been about like the dude with the pizza being slipped under his door, you know, and, and like, you know, it it wasn't an aspirational uh, mindset for, for girls to say, yeah, this is for you too. And you can do all the things you want. You can make positive social change because we know that women and girls and and many men now also are really inspired to make social change. You can do anything you want to do, you can do, and you probably will have to do through technology. And so we have to remarket the way we think about digital and technology and how we position it for women and girls and just stop sort of subconsciously saying, no, that's not for you. Um, that is, that changes the next, not just 10 years, 50 years, that changes the next, the, the centuries that we're going into and women's participation. So this is a really, I think, important moment for us all. Talking about business survival and women's um, participation, Anitra, how in 2021 does the operating environment affect gender equality? It's been especially tough for women. Um, The December jobs report that was issued by the U.S. Labor Department showed that 100% of the net job loss in the U.S. were jobs held by women, right? And, and, And so we have been hit really hard. And a key contributor to that is that, you know, we often carry the responsibility in the home, um, for childcare, not always, but many times, um, in addition to having to maintain our roles outside of the home and our careers. Um, a, a lot of this work was frankly invisible before the pandemic, and it, it has become more visible as we've stayed at home. Now, I've been very encouraged, right? What Kim just mentioned around the amplification of women's voices the increasing trend of incentivizing people to support women-owned businesses and minority-owned and led businesses. These are the kinds of things that give me a lot of hope. And I see, I see my, my coworkers on, on the, a daily basis really showing how they are getting it done, right? Doing the things that, that they, um, you know, doing all of the things to advance both their home life and their career life. However, in many cases, women have had to make a difficult choice and take a step back from the workforce because the demands are just so great. Um, Our secret uh, deodorant brand, um, which is a a brand that we have primarily in North America and Latin America, is really helping on on this front and um, has has pledged a million dollars with the uh, YWCA, which is a nonprofit in the U.S., to support childcare expenses because women are facing a disproportionate level of hardship due to this pandemic. Um, and with that pledge um, includes gender equality initiatives in the childcare space so that women are not having to make that difficult choice to, t- to take a step back from their careers in order to maintain um, their families. And, and the important thing I wanna stress here is that it's not the first thing that Secret Deodorant has done, nor will it be the last. As we Think about the role that brands and companies can play here. It, it cannot be episodic, right? Um, you know, Secret has been using its power and its platform to promote gender equality for many years. Um, those, those in the U.S. might remember a highly publicized 
pay inequality issues that the U.S. women's soccer team was facing. Um, and by the way, the U.S. women's soccer team has, you know, done amazing work. They are, are have, have won many, many championships um, and have, you know, frankly, won more than the men's soccer team. However, they are paid a fraction of what the men's soccer team is paid. And so Secret has partnered with them to advance some of these pay inequality issues. Um, also with Serena Williams and other notable athletes that have been uh, co-champions of this important cause. So yeah, I think the work in gender equality must be core to how we do business, uh, how brands do business, how companies do business. We, we cannot afford to say, oh, that's someone else's job or that's government's job or, you know, it's all of our jobs. Um, and we have to be consistent and persistent in this work and not do it episodically. And how is um, the working environment affecting marketing communications and product development at SK2, Yojin? Um, there are different societal pressures, which at SK2 we call boxes, as they constrain women from following their dreams. And these are the pressures have further increased through this pandemic. What we want to achieve is to use the brand's power to tell human stories, to really inspire conversation around these societal pressures. At SK2, with our brand purpose, Change Destiny, we believe that destiny is not a matter of chance, but a matter of choice. We have been able to achieve this, not just as a brand campaign, but a mantra for every individual in our organization. And the tone has to be set from the top. Everyone in SK2 believes this, and changing destiny for ourselves as well as everyone we touch through our communications and activations is critical. It's been seven years to bring this purpose to life and we continue to put our efforts so that we can really move the needle on societal pressures on women. And talking about changing destiny, Kim, a 2020 McKenzie report cited that two million women are about to leave the US workforce. How is that impacting culture? Yeah, that's pretty intense. I, you know, I saw, I read another report this morning uh, about that and it just keeps getting worse. And I think, you know, I've been working in this field for a very long time uh, in the beauty business and in other uh, settings um, to tr truly get women, women's economic empowerment at the center of things. And to think that we're dropping back to 19, I think it's 1988 levels of women's participation is pretty disturbing. Um, so I think that's going to have a myriad of effects um, that we don't even, we can't even contemplate right now. But I think we have the chance to reverse that trend if we, again, just get very intentional. And, and the question about how does the operating environment affect this, you know, it's tone at the top. Um, and I, I, you know, that's a corporate mantra, but that, you know, everyone talks about, but I actually believe that because I can see, you know, it's kind of human nature to follow the leader. And so if someone says like, this is important, then everybody lines up. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so I, I love um, what Yojin was just saying about not being a campaign, but being a purpose. I mean, it's the purpose of their organizational structures. Everybody who is working on SK2 knows that changing destiny is their, is their purpose. And, and that's a different way than thinking about uh, an advertising campaign, because I think consumers are too smart these days to just kind of, you know, hear a slogan and just go with it. It's like, no, what are you actually doing? Like, how are you changing things? And I think 
I think that that statistic that you just read to me um, should be on everyone. It, it should be top of mind for everybody who cares about women's participation, because we know women's participation in the economy. I mean, there's a McKinsey report from, I think it's 20, maybe 14 or 2015 that says if women participated, uh, you know, equally in the economy by 2025, you'd, you'd have like a, you know, a trillion dollars in GDP growth, some, some enormous amount. And so, you know, for those who are kind of, um, you know, not necessarily believers, uh, you just got to read the business case and see like what this, what effect that's going to have on economies and what effect knock on effects it has on societies. And we know that women reinvest in their communities, 90% of their income. I mean, it's a, it's a very profound statistic that you just mentioned. And I think it's going to have knock on effects for years and years to come. But um, again, I do believe that there are people in positions of power now. And I, you know, it, it wasn't always the case that had this on, on top of their mind and they're willing to put their budgets, their companies, and listen, women control over 80% of purchasing power. So, you know, there's, there's, it's lining up in a way that um, it's, you know, ignoring it is to your peril. Um, and so I think organizations that will succeed in the future are the ones that embrace this again, not as a campaign, but as a purpose. Anitra, how are 2021 are government policies aiding or abetting gender equality? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I go back to a comment I made earlier. You know, government is made of people, right? And as people, there is more that all, there, we can all be doing more, right? As individuals sitting in our positions of power and influence, whether we're sitting in government, in companies, in the nonprofit sector, mm -hmm. wherever, in our daily lives, we have the ability to advance gender equality, right? Certainly policies play a role, absolutely. But we as leaders in the beauty industry have power where we stand. And we need to act now by putting concrete goals in place to promote gender equality. Um, last year, we announced uh, at PNG our Responsible Beauty Program and stated publicly that our, one of our goals is to be a leader in supporting businesses owned and led by women and diverse groups along all areas of the value chain. And that includes actively being very active in seeking to become a leader in supporting startups and cooperatives that are female owned and led, which is why what SK2 is doing is so important. You know, by investing in more businesses owned by um, women and led by women, we're actually working to promote a more gender equal world. But it starts with establishing the goals. Even if we don't know how to achieve those goals today exactly, we have to make the goal and the commitment. And talking commitment, Yojing, how does it impact marketing and product innovation? Aiding and advancing gender equality requires collaboration across the board from government policies, but also companies and brands like us. We need to step up to create impact. And this is a journey that we will need to accelerate. With the pandemic, we've seen disproportionate impact on women entrepreneurs. And specifically in Japan, employee Japanese women who are self-employed are amongst the lowest um, across the G7 countries and even below OECD average. We've seen movements uh, and public programs started by the Tokyo Metropolitan Government in this area. And so in Japan, we're partnering with the Shibuya Award for a program to support female entrepreneurs as part of furthering our commitment to the purpose of change destiny. And we'll be launching this program um, in a couple of weeks. Do you think the US government will ever ratify the gender equality bill, Kim? Um, 
You know, it's funny. I wrote an article about that when I was in law school <laughs> about, about actually it was about the rights of the children, but you know, I don't know um, because politics are fraught with state uh, versus federal. And there's a whole thing around, around that, which I won't get into here, but, but I think what I do know is that countries are at different places on the journey. And I think what you're pointing out is that the U S while, you know, obviously advanced in many, many ways, um, we still have a ways to go ourselves. And I think particularly a finer point is put on childcare. I think we're one of three countries in the world. Uh, I, I think that's still the case that doesn't have a federal, uh, childcare, um, program or policy. So we're, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not there yet. Um, but you know, there are other, also other, obviously very significant issues that women face, whether it's, you know, gender-based violence, um, you know, lack of access to, uh, civil, civic participation. I mean, there's this, there, there are very serious things going on all over the world. Uh, and you know, I, I feel somewhat hopeful that a lot has changed. In fact, in a law school class that I teach at Cornell, I was, I was pretty amazed to see that um, a World Bank report that showed that the, the impact that the laws have had in, in so many countries over the last 15, 20 years has been pretty remarkable in terms of gender equality, but there's so, such a far distance to go. And a, and a policy like childcare, which we are now, you know, is sort of the fundamental <laughs> basic part of life um, that we're seeing, you know, is, is, is driving women out of the workforce in the U.S. I mean, we have to change that. So talk about change destiny, like governments do have the ability to do things that the private sector can't do. Um, and the private sector has the ability to do things that the public sector can't do. So we need everybody. Um, and I totally agree with what Anitra said earlier, that we each have power. And if we use our power for purpose, um, which is we had, what we at Seneca Women believe, we could fast forward um, and we could create that kind of change that we want to see. But it, again, it requires being super smart. You know, we can't be passive in this moment. I think that's a big mistake. And I think what, what Yojin was just saying about the Change Destiny Fund for those women entrepreneurs, that's extremely meaningful. I mean, women entrepreneurs, again, at this moment in time, uh, are really, really struggling. If you think about those 3 million women who just left the workforce, you know, many of them are going to start their own businesses um, because they're going to need to, right? I mean, this is, a lot of it is, you know, economic necessity. It's not just like, you know, let's have some fun and start a business. So, so we need to support women-owned businesses. I mean, uh, there's there's so much data now about about that, and I what Anitra said about you know the Responsible Beauty program. I mean, this is all very encouraging for me. And just to bring it back to you know what we really care about at Seneca, we are we've spent the last, I mean, I know I've spent the last 20 years of my career working on these issues in different forms and with different companies and starting lots of women's entrepreneurship programs and you know lots of different types of gender equality programs. And I think we're at a very critical moment. Um, we have the power, but they, it has to be used strategically. And I do think hearing women's voices, which is why we are so focused on the Seneca Women Podcast Network, getting those women's voices and perspectives heard is absolutely critical. And then getting people to use their purchasing power to shop for women-owned businesses. I mean, we're super excited because the card that we just announced is, with MasterCard is, is the first is a digital first card where you can literally go in learn about the businesses, shop right there, get rewarded, use your rewards to support women's nonprofits if you want, or to shop more or get just get cash back. But, you know, we have 80% of purchasing power as women and women and men, I would say, want to use their power for purpose and they want to use their power for gender equality. We just have to be smarter about it. And I think it's the responsibility of leaders like 
those on the call today and who are in these incredibly important positions where they're saying, listen, we can do both. We can do well and we can do good. And it's not that we can, we have to, and we will. And I, I see that different um, than I've ever seen it before. Actually, I've seen it. I definitely see a marked difference in that. So we're at a critical point, Anitra. What could, should the gender equality conversation look like in 12 months time? I hope in 12 months, we are seeing meaningful progress, not perfection, right? I'm an impatient person and I know that the world can't change in 12 months, um, but I do expect progress and not, not just progress at the surface level, at the systems level where bias and inequality is often perpetuated. Today, when you look behind the camera of advertising or on production sets, um, certain agencies, the picture is not one of gender equality. It's not one of racial and ethnic equality. So part of you know, addressing the systems means getting the creative and media supply chain fully representative. 50% um, women, 50% men, right? That's, that's equal. Within the US, representation of race and ethnicity, 13% um, black, 18% Hispanic, 6% Asian Pacific, 2% Native American. Combined, that's 40% multicultural. We don't see that. We don't see that. And we need representation behind the scenes in order to make it happen in front of the camera on the surface. So I, for me, it's really progress at that systems level. And then I also uh, continue to be encouraged. And like Kim, I have seen tremendous, um, uh, what I'll call both interest and action from, from, from the industry at large. I think we are all um, I think what we've seen is a bit of a wake-up call in the last um, 12 to 18 months, and that's been a good thing, um, and one where I feel there is a level of, um, I don't know, shared effort in this space, because I think we know that all boats rise when we get this right. When we sustain gender equality, not just get to it, but sustain it, then we will know that we have achieved it. And the SK2 brand, Yo Jin. What should, could the gender equality conversation look like in 12 months time? Um, this level of social change is not something we can do in a year's time. Uh, to be realistic, I share uh, what Anitra has shared on this, but every minute, every day counts. And look, I mean, what we're against is the generations of ingrained bias and sometimes systematic limits. At the same time, we have ambitious goal to make a change in our society. In order to tackle this and make a difference, we need joint forces across brands, businesses, authorities, and have society at large to come together. I think it's leaders like Anitra and Kim on the call, as well as teams beyond, to really initiate that. And with our joint forces, I believe we will be in a much better place. And is joint forces the way to go, Kim? So yeah, so the one of the I think the most important things in this moment is how we collaborate. Um, and I, I just wanted to talk about what what Anitra said earlier about the the media supply chain and putting women behind the mic um, and behind the camera, and the profound effect that can have. Um, you know, we at Seneca Women are are really so delighted to be partnering with P and G, and I think you know P and G uh, and under Mark Pritchard's leadership in particular, thinking about how do we get more women. How do we get more, uh, you know, multicultural women behind the mic, behind the camera, and how do we, you know, in 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 Yojin's parlance, change destiny by making sure that many perspectives 
are being um, reflected in what we in what we hear and what we see because we do know that if you know women are not part of designing our future, the future will look very very different. Um, so I think I think we're at this incredible incredibly important moment, and I, I agree that it's going to take patience uh, and perseverance and and the job losses that you cited earlier clearly are very disturbing. Um, and you can give, give up sometimes, you know, you might want to just say, well, you know, we're going in the wrong direction, but I don't believe that's true. I, I think that we are going, we can go in the right direction and we can accelerate that pace of change because we are living in this digitally transformative moment. And so, you know, if we, if we just stay true to our intentions and really focus, um, as, as PNG is doing on really where are the most important levers. And if the beauty industry does that, uh, I think we can see great change. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm quite optimistic about where we can go, but we've got to seize the moment. We have a chance right now, and that chance may not be here a year from now. And with that, I would like to thank Anitra, Yojin, and Kim for taking part today, and for you for listening.